Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast on the Ambiguous Network. And right now, I'm going to be bringing you the latest and greatest going on around the world of Hollywood. I'm going to be talking about an interesting Hollywood Reporter article that came out regarding the future of Star Wars. Plus, I'm going to have the weekend preview. But the first thing we need to discuss is some information regarding Joker. Now, of course, with Joker, the film that came out, A little over a month ago has gotten a lot of critical acclaim, some great positive buzz, especially for Joaquin Phoenix and his role as the Cloud Prince of Crime himself. It was a more grittier, grounded take on a superhero film, and this was a little film that turned out to be Goliath. It turned from David into Goliath, had a $65 million budget before any kind of marketing, advertising whatsoever, and has now turned in a profit for being A, the most profitable comic book movie of all time, and is over one billion dollars the first ever r-rated film to ever do that and is now also the highest r-rated r-rated grossing film of all time so wonder brothers took a big leap on joker and has turned and seen the reap the benefits of its rewards with that movie and for for some people they're hoping that this is a one-off me personally i'm fine with there being no sequel whatsoever but it seems like there are from the hollywood reporter that there is a sequel that could be happening from the Hollywood Reporter article that came out earlier this morning. They reported that Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix, there was a, in the contract, especially for Joaquin Phoenix, who is notorious for always kind of doing one-and-done films in which he doesn't want to get involved in sequels, which for many reports is one of the reasons why he turned down the role as Doctor Strange because before Benedict Cumberbatch was signed, Joaquin Phoenix was one of the frontrunners to land that spot, but because it was a franchise role something that would take multiple films and that it wasn't just a one and done you've seen dr strange in his own film and he's going to be in a new film in 2021 and he was in the last two avengers films joaquin phoenix didn't want to do that he's again he's the kind of person that seeps into the roles that likes to kind of dive into them and develop these meaty roles and with arthur fleck he definitely got that and so we we there was always speculation of if they if this film which now has turned a profit a huge profit and there seems to be a great positive buzz from critics and from audience members that saw this movie. Would they do a sequel? And when they were doing the press tour, Todd Phillips always kind of flirted and, and, and stepped side around the idea that maybe one day there could be a sequel. Maybe not. It'll depend on how I feel. It depends on if Joaquin would want to do it. I'll only work with Joaquin Phoenix. And apparently in his contract, Joaquin Phoenix's contract, there was a a an option to do a sequel if this did turn out to be a huge success, which it has. And so there's that. And also the fact that Todd Phillips might be also working on a new DC movie in which he's kind of maybe could be this architect for these not interconnected DC movies, but he can kind of spearhead this new division of DC in which they kind of do these. They, they said it in the beginning when they started developing Joker in which it would be these Elseworld spinoffs in which they would tell different stories not connected to the main canon for what they're doing with the DCEU or what Matt Reeves is doing. It'd be something completely different. And it seems like that's the direction that Todd Phillips is going in, developing new origin stories in the DC world that is more grounded and gritty and not kind of CGI level eccentric. And also the fact that Todd Phillips what made around a hundred million dollars from the back end of Joker in which he did this with the hangover as well. He didn't sign up front for the money when term in terms of budget and in terms of getting paid right away out during the making of the movie. He wanted whatever the profit was gonna be. Now, I don't think Todd Phillips had a crystal ball in which this was going to be 
the box office super smash that it is but i think he was positive that if this did turn a profit i want to reap the benefits of that and he certainly is doing that with reports coming out that it could be close to 100 million dollars he gets from this movie alone so todd phillips knows exactly what he's doing and so there there were the hollywood reporter came out with this article that the joker sequel could be happening and i was really basing my conversation around is it going to be a good idea to have a joker sequel what's it going to be however over the course of today there have been multiple sto stories coming out from major tabloids contradicting one another and coming up with different various stories reports on this one story about joker sequel and a few hours after the hollywood reporter article another report came from deadline saying that the hollywood reporter article there was no truth to it there was no truth to it and that while there is a sequel in the making it wasn't a done deal yet that todd phillips and the chairman at Warner, Warner Brothers, Todd Haynes, they were still working on an agreement and that it was just a bone, a bone bare structure of what is going on. There's nothing set in stone just yet. So then another article came out from Variety saying that there is a deal in place potentially for a sequel to Joker with Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix. However, the part in which Todd Phillips will be making another DC origin story centric film based on another character that we know nothing about yet on who it could be is not happening that it's just a joker two movie so for me when, when when i always see stories that are contradicting each other coming up with different sources sometimes it's always maybe all due respect to smaller publications that they might not have the right sources and then something like a tabloid like a hollywood reporter variety deadline one of those two would come out and they would maybe come out with more details or maybe set us another story straight because they are the major tabloids whenever we talk about entertainment news it really is hollywood reporter variety deadline colliders coming up now fandango sometimes and specifically about movie and television news music as well especially for sources like hollywood and variety and you look at e for that stuff as well but in terms of for major movie entertainment news and television you look for these kinds of tabloids what's interesting about this is that it's not one not two but three of the top really the top three tabloids that you look at for entertainment in whatever order you preference in, in hollywood reporter variety deadline are coming out with different stories about what is going on and i think there's a bigger story to be had here not just about whether a joker sequel might be happening but really a journalism perspective of what do you believe is true and do you just go on one thing or do you take in all of this information and i think when you it, it's not a good look for all these different these different these different tabloids to come up with their own not 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 making up stories but their their own sides of, of things or that things are coming out differently that they should kind of be well hollywood reporter is corroborating one one source and that this is right and then deadlines corroborating this and hollywood and variety is corroborating that it's just there's different sides to everything and nobody's corroborating with one another that one part of one story is true while another part of another one story is true none of that is happening in this instance while sometimes in other cases that is to be said and one corroborates another the other corroborates another another part as well and to me this this goes to show that i think it, in the end that there is going to be a joker sequel down the line i think due to the fact that it is the highest grossing r-rated film now due to the fact that this made over a billion dollars at the box office on the budget it 
people have to remember this. Even though this is a superhero movie, it's again, it's a gritty superhero movie that was made on $65 million, and some even less. This isn't a $100 million film. This isn't a $150 million budgeted film. This is a double-digit figure million-dollar film that's not really presented in superhero in superhero genre terms really the the even something like a logan while that is dark and gritty that still cost around 95 million dollars close to 100 to to make and even when you count marketing it probably costs at around 100 million dollars or so so i think for warner brothers they 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 always were kind of from all reports and indications they always were 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 suspect about this movie and that they were going to put the money into it, not a whole lot of money, but they were going to let them make the movie they wanted to make, and they, they they probably weren't going to put a lot behind it, but they saw the the response, the buzz, then they decided to put it into the festivals. It's it's getting a big push into award season now. From all accounts I've seen on social media, a lot of critics are now getting their 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 screenings, their award screenings, and Joker's one of those few right now. Collider just announced a award screening with Joker in mind, so I think... Warner Brothers is is seeing the light in this and that there is a big market and people are responding to this film in ways that they didn't expect them probably to at even the beginning of 2019. So I think a sequel to this movie is inevitable. I think Joaquin will come back. Even hearing when you hear from reports, Joaquin has even warmed up, I think, to the idea of coming back to this role. I think he's getting more positive buzz and, and he's seen what this kind of movie can do for his resume. Even though Joaquin Phoenix is without a doubt one of the best actors in the game right now some people who maybe aren't as big of cinephiles and isn't aren't into big into movies as much as they would be when they see something that's buzzy like a superhero movie like this Joaquin Phoenix is probably getting more buzz around his name now than he did when he was making movies like The Master or Inherent Vice or Gladiator people know him from those movies and he's gotten nominated for that he's an Academy Award nominated actor but He's getting more credence to his name. People are starting to recognize him now, and I think he's seen that I'm in a great role. I'm in a great environment that why not come back to another one? Even it's probably just emotionally draining to get back into that kind of character. Even Phillips and, and Phoenix have said that it, unless the, the writing wasn't in play and the story wasn't on top notch and it didn't have that same feeling as this one did, they wouldn't come back to it. So I think if everybody from this film and all the, all the major people – from the first film, come back for the second one. I think we'll get a sequel to Joker. If I think if Todd Phillips isn't coming back, then Joaquin isn't coming back. I think if Joaquin isn't coming back, Todd Phillips isn't coming back. So I think, and the writers as well. I think it's got to be that it's got to be that dynamic duo of Phillips and Phoenix together that will make this sequel happen. Now, am I excited about a sequel to the Joker? I I think this would have been a, a this is a great standalone film. That I don't know how you make a sequel to it. I, I trust Todd Phillips to make a sequel to this movie, but I don't know how you do it. I don't know where you go from here. Do you include the origin story? Because you hinted at it of an origin story of a certain character that wasn't the Joker. I don't want to spoil the movie because it's still out in theaters, even though over a billion dollars says so otherwise that not everyone has seen it yet. But I still want to caution on the arrow side. But where do you go forward from here? So I think that aspect of it is interesting, along with the aspect of a journalism side of which story do you corroborate more? Do you go along that this is this is clearly going to be happening now? Or is it something that later down the line, we're going to have to hear from the studio? And I think while we, we hear from some other people, insiders, into what goes on behind the scenes of things, I think when it comes to 
studios and announcements for certain movies, we have to wait for the studio to announce them. Whether it's something that they're taking longer on, they don't want to do yet, there's there's negotiations going on, whether it be good or bad, there's, there, there's problems in negotiations, we still have to wait for the studio itself to announce what is going on. That Cowboys have to account for the studio corroborates this, the studio confirms this and that. When it comes to the announcements of sequels or other installments of certain franchises. So I think that is the moral lesson of what comes out of this story. But I definitely think down the line we will be getting a sequel to Joker with Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix. Guys, what do you think about all this? Do you which do, do you trust any of these of these stories that is going on right now? Is there do you think you, you see that there's a, a middle line between all three of these stories coming together? Do you want to see a sequel to Joker? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. Now moving on to a, a trailer that came out today, one that is coming from Walt Disney Studios and 20th Century Fox. It is called Call of the Wild, based on the book from many, many decades ago. It's being directed by Chris Sanders, and it's starring Harrison Ford, Dan Stevens, Omar Sy, Karen Gillan, and Bradley Whitford. And I knew nothing about this movie coming into seeing the trailer. And listen, I love Harrison Ford. I will see him in anything he does. He is one of the best actors to be on the screen between Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford. He's brought so many iconic characters. I, to me, this trailer just didn't do it. To me, this trailer is basically Art of Racing the Rain 2.0. I've seen a movie like this before. I don't see anything any offering me anything new except going to a new location in the Arctic and it being about snow dogs. Also, the fact that the big pointer I'll give about Art of Racing the Rain with Milo Vitamiga is that that dog was actually a real dog. You can clearly tell that this dog that's alongside Harrison Ford is clearly CGI. It is heavily CGI between the eyes and the movement. It doesn't look real, and I can't. It just took me out of it completely. So again, I love Harrison Ford. I'll see anything that he's in, but I, this trailer just didn't do it for me. And 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 it's something that I've seen before in the the man and dog's best friend, and man and dog, and man and pet, and the adventures they go on together. And it just didn't do it for me. I'm sure maybe people will go see it, but. I, I, I don't know, and it comes out in, in February, which is still, it's, it's, February's come a long way in the last few years, but I just don't know about Call of the Wild. What did you guys think about it? Let me know everything down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. Now moving on to some news coming out from a galaxy far, far away. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker is now officially, it's December 20th, this would be the official opening day a month from now for the final installment in the Skywalker Saga, and to commemorate that, Lucasfilm and Disney came out with new character posters and new hashtag emojis, which I always love, especially Disney does it so well, they always come out with little, with, with hashtag emojis that kind of represent the movie or characters, so whenever you talk about maybe if when you're reviewing The Rise of Skywalker and say, oh, hash Daisy Ridley was fantastic once again as hashtag Ray and the little Ray will pop up but what's interesting about these hashtags is that there's one for the skywalker saga which is the kylo ren's lightsaber and ray's lightsaber clashing but now they have over four they have 42 to be exact 42 emojis for every single character in 
the Skywalker saga from the prequel trilogy with Darth Maul, the Anakin to Obi-Wan to Padme. You go to the original trilogy with Luke, Han, Leia, even Jar Jar from the prequel trilogy, Maul. You have Vader, you have Lando, young Lando, you have 3PO, R2-D2, the Ewoks, the list goes on, Boba Fett. The list goes on and on, and then you have the sequel trilogy as well from everyone that's appeared in it, from Kylo to Rey to Poe to to General Leia. They they have the 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 younger version of the character, and then they have the older version of the character. For some, not all, but I thought it was is it's clever marketing that is right in line for what Disney has done. They did it with Avengers Endgame. They did it with Lion King. They did it with Toy Story Four this year. It is no surprise what they're doing with this, but I love when they do it. it just adds new ways for people to kind of be invested online with the the hashtags and they also reveal new character posters and somebody highlighted this very well on 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 twitter in which the i I love the way that especially with jj the way he constructs his posters because you can clearly tell that that the marketing with jj and when he does star wars movies is that there's there's always a an outline around the posters with the force awakens it was a black outline with the rise of skywalker it's a it's a white outline it's in the po- it's in the posters and the character posters as well where they look like baseball cards and i didn't really see that until somebody pointed it out on twitter and that it, it's just the character and, and you have that white outline and then you have the 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 space guy around it it looks really cool and, and i dig it and i love that we're, we're getting these posters it I said it on Twitter. It doesn't move me any, deter me away from seeing the movie. It doesn't improve me from seeing it. I'm, I'm still extremely excited to see this movie. It's now my most anticipated film to see for the rest of the year. Now that I've seen The Irishman, which again, I'll have a review for that in the next few days. But I'm really excited to see this. And now moving away from, from the marketing aspect of it, there was an article that came out from The Hollywood Reporter today that especially after the article, the, the cover spread that came out yesterday from Entertainment Weekly about the making of The Rise of Skywalker, which I talked about also how J.J. is closing one really long era of Star Wars. And well, not that he's starting a new era. This is all about finality for him. It's It leaves a big door wide open for the uncertainty of Star Wars. And with this new Hollywood Reporter article, that's exactly what they get into, talking about the future of Star Wars and the future of Kathleen Kennedy as president of Lucasfilm as her contract is up in 2021. And they talk about how that this that the rise of Skywalker is going to be the the end of one era and beginning of another and that they're still holding off to 2022 as being the date for the new still new Star Wars movie that was supposed to be by David Benoff and D.B. Weiss but now will be held by some other director which they've been looking and circling around but it seems like an announcement won't be made about who that director will be until sometime in January most likely once the Rise of Skywalker has had its initial box office run and is probably towards the the middle and end of January when it's probably starting to teeter out and end its run at the box office for The Rise of Skywalker and then they can look forward into the future but again th- this just goes to show that there's still uncertainty surrounding it and that there there's not a whole lot of of now I wouldn't say optimism but there's just not a, a clear-cut forward picture whereas with again I mean, it's going to go back to Kevin Feige and what he's done with Disney is the fact that with with what he's done with the MC you closed off one chapter with the with Avengers Endgame that was the Infinity Infinity Saga but now you've had people to look forward you have a plan going forward you have new characters both both that were new that are now becoming kind of what iron man and cap were they're going to become the og characters in a way excuse me and then now 
you bring in new characters like a Shang-Chi or you bring in the Eternals. You bring in something more along the lines of a She-Hulk or a Moon Knight or a Miss Marvel. With Star Wars, there's just there's no plan for that. And one thing that's in the article is that Kevin Feige, who was announced by Hollywood Reporter to do a Star Wars movie, apparently, according to Kathleen Kennedy, that movie is still ways and ways away from actually happening. And that the one of the reasons that it that it piqued them to do a film with Feige is that because of him being able to do Spider-Man and then do other MCU movies, and regardless to do other MCU movies and pop in and out of all of them, gave them credence to say, okay, he can make a Star Wars movie. Now, people are thinking he can make two, three, have a plan, but it sounds like it could just be one as because of the duties that Kevin Feige has, Kathleen Kennedy doesn't want him to kind of, I think, take control of Lucasfilm right now. And what seems to be the interesting factor of this is that with The Mandalorian, it seems like right now what I've said over the last few weeks and, and people have been saying it as well is that it seems like right now the future of Star Wars is in television. Specifically what they're doing with Disney+, Plus, especially what we're seeing with The Mandalorian, which is show run by Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni, who has worked with Lucasfilm since before Disney acquired it when he was he is the protege of George Lucas. And that George Lucas taught him about the Star Wars universe, taught him all the secrets and the, the, the ins and outs of everything. And he's kind of the guy to go to for that information. And it seems like right now from the report is that if Kathleen Kennedy were to leave, and she hasn't announced that she's going to leave yet at the end of 2021. But if I had to think about it, she probably will to get away from everything she's dealt with between all the artists that have left, between Ben and Weiss, between everything that happened with Lord and Miller and Gareth Edwards with Rogue One. It's just been a very, while it's been, there's been great shining moments, there have been some very ugly moments for her as well, and it seems like this is really what it's highlighting is that I don't think she's going to stay after 2021, and it sounds like if she were to leave, she has a team in place for the future, and it seems like a few people that are in place is, the, the, the two big ones are Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni could have a significant factor and not just the future of Star Wars television of The Mandalorian, but in Star Wars in general. Because A, Filoni has that experience knowing the lore of Star Wars and, and, and working with Lucas and knowing what the direction he would want to see Star Wars taken in. And not to say that Dave, that Dave Filoni is a puppet to George Lucas. He is his own person and he has his ideas for where Star Wars wants to go. But also, John Favreau is a huge Star Wars nerd and if the first two episodes of Mandalorian or anything, he gets what Star Wars can has the potential to be in expanding the universe. And that's what people are saying in the article is that where, where, where do you go with the expansion of the universe? Where do you go with with where what what do you start do you end one chapter and and, and, and where where do you go now with the vastness of space with the galaxy? You have things from the EU to go off of. Where do you go from here? Where do you go? And, and I think that's that's always been the big question. That's what this Hollywood Reporter article lays out. And season two of Mandalorian is filming right now. And I think and I, and if, if I were to look at this, I would have no problem with Favreau being kind of the Kevin Feige. Because they, they need a Kevin Feige. They need somebody. Because Kathleen Kennedy is a great producer. She knows how to lead troops. She knows how to lead a company. But that creative side, that Kevin Feige has all that rolled into the one. He has that leadership, but he has that creative side as well. That he knows where he wants to take all this, and he knows the people to put into place, and he has a great team around him. And while Kathleen Kennedy has a great team around her, 
she's got to be one to make those decisions as well. If you were to have Favreau make those decisions, both creative and logistically, I think the Star Wars universe would be in a smoother transition than it is right now. Where there's so much, while you were having exciting things happen, there's no vision. There's no, okay, where is this franchise going? Where are we going with these next movies? We don't know anything yet. All we know is that we're ending one incredibly successful Star Wars story that has benefited the world and the company so well in the last 40 years or so that that you there's so many questions about what can happen in the future. And I think if you have Favreau and Filoni really take control of the future of Star Wars, I think it would be in tremendous hands. And again, I, I think Kathleen Kennedy is a great producer. She is somebody she is one of the top producers of all time. And she has her team of again Filoni and Favreau and also Michelle Rewan, who is a producer for Lucasfilm and for episode nine. And so she has her team that that she that she would want to see the, the franchise be in. I think that is what she's looking for if she were to leave. And then, of course, you have Ryan Johnson stuff. After everything that happened with The Last Jedi, I'm sure they want to spend a few more years until they put him back into the to the lineup as well. So there's just there's a lot going on right now. And, and they're saying with Feige as well that he's probably not going to have a predominant role because of everything he's doing with Marvel Studios. And they want to see that be as successful as, as it is right now. And with Jon Favreau, he is somebody who is a huge fanboy, and he, and he plays extremely well with Disney. Even when he didn't do Iron Man 3, he's been a part of Disney for years and years and years between being with them when he was an executive producer for The Avengers and from then on out and starring in all these movies. He's, he's a fan of Disney. Disney's a fan of him. So I think you keep it there, and I think he is the perfect person. Him and Filoni together, I think, again, if... if the, the first season of Mandalorian pans out, and by the end of the year, we're praising it as much as we're praising now, if even more so. Now, I think the future has to go to Favreau and, and Filoni. I think that's what Lucasfilm is looking at right now. It's not so much the litmus test of The Rise of Skywalker as much as it's the litmus test of The the Mandalorian. I think The Mandalorian, out of everything, is going to be the, the, the key to what Star Wars is going to be in the future in terms of both television and the movies going forward of who's going to be overseeing everything. But... It's just, it's an interesting time to be a Star Wars fan. It's both exciting and nerve-wracking at the same time to see where this franchise is going once The Rise of Skywalker ends. It's it's going to be a, a chapter that is closed, and they're not shying away from it. They're saying this is the, the close of this, this of these characters. We're not going to see Luke and, and Leia, and of course we're not going to see those characters anymore, but we might not see Rey or Poe or Finnegan for a long time. And these story arcs for a long time. We might probably see an episode ten down the line because I don't think Disney Lucasfilm would be that 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 naive to let just this saga go. There could be other episodes, just not in the Star Wars in the Skywalker saga. So I just think there's there's a lot of uncertainty, but a lot of excitement as well. Again, Mandalorian is going to be the huge key to to the future of Star Wars, and they're already filming season two. So that shows the confidence they have in Favreau, Filoni, and what they're doing over there with the Mandalorian. But guys, what do you think about all this? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section about the future of Star Wars, the character posters from The Rise of Skywalker, along with these hashtag movies. Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. Now, the final thing that I'm going to get into today, guys, is my annual weekend preview. This month of November has seen a lot of ups and major downfalls. 
But I think this weekend we're going to see a lot of great things come out. Really some of the most anticipated movies of November, of the winter slash fall season. And of course overall in the year, specifically with Frozen 2, one of the most anticipated films of the year, of this holiday season coming out. We're in really kind of getting into, into that holiday spirit now. And what better way to do it than with the company that knows how to get people excited about the holiday season than with Disney and Disney's sequel to the highest grossing animated film of all time in Frozen 2. Coming back once again, everybody that was a part of the first film in 2013 is back for this one, including the directors Jennifer Lee and Chris Buck, along with Idina Menzel, Kristen Bell, Jonathan Groff, and Josh Gad as Olaf. And this is a, a film that, again, has been on many people's anticipated list from the Fandango poll that I was talking about on Monday. This is number two on everybody's list. People are looking forward to seeing Anna and Elsa on screen once again. The reviews, while not as stellar as the first one, say that this is, some people are calling it a superior film to the first one. Some people are saying it li it lives up to the hype of the first one and that it might, it's still a very good movie while maybe doesn't live up to the hype as some people are saying to the first one. It's still a solid sequel that delivers on the music, on the emotion, on the comedy, and it has a 79% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. And from the critic consensus overall, it says that Frozen 2 can't quite recapture the show-stopping feel of its predecessor, but it remains a dazzling adventure into the unknown. And it seems like from the big one of the big questions is that is there going to be a song that can live up to the uh, the expectations that was let it go, which turns into a a global phenomenon, and it is. One of the biggest marketing assets, I think, in the history of Hollywood that really propelled Frozen to become the cultural phenomenon that it became back in 2013 into 2014. And I think with with this film, it seems like there's not something as show-stopping as, as Let It Go, but if there was one, it sounds like it's Into the Unknown, which they have apparently been touting since D23. And, I, and, I, and I've heard the song, both The Panic at the Disco and The Idea of Menzel, and I love both of them. I cannot wait to hear it in the theaters. That's going to be exciting to see. And this movie is going to make so much money. This is one of those films that, like in the summertime, between Lion King and Toy Story 4, the big surprise was Aladdin. Nobody thought Aladdin would gross over a billion dollars. But this is this is a bona fide, no, no doubt, billion dollar hit at the box office it's a, just a matter of when it's going to reach it and how much it's going to make its opening weekend there's going to be legs for this movie not as much legs as i think people are expecting maybe it to be a two billion dollar hit but again i think still in that range of 1.3 maybe a, mil a million and a half billion dollars i think that's still plausible the question is is it can it beat its mark of 1.3 billion dollars does it have the legs because it does have a lot of of competition in the next few weeks i think it's got the rest of november to clear itself out and get the legs it needs underneath it between last the the, the year it came out it had that extended weekend of thanksgiving when it first came out this time disney is setting frozen 2 to come out a week before thanksgiving so it has that big opening weekend but then if it has legs which I think it will during that long holiday stretch of Thanksgiving Day weekend. You have families that will be going out to the theaters maybe more so than they would maybe the first weekend and they're saving up to take their whole family on Thanksgiving weekend. Then I think Frozen 2 will have a huge one-two punch open, uh, weekend openings for both its first and second weekend. But then you get into December and while it ha it'll have those next, the third, second and third weekends really much to itself, 
You get to Jumanji on December 13th, which I think is going to be a big hit. And then, of course, you get to Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, which will take home the rest of 2019 and probably stay afloat at number one for at least the rest of 2019 when it comes out on December 20th. So I don't think that Fro- Frozen 2, the question is going to be, can it beat the $1.3 billion? Which I think it can. I think it, not by a whole lot, but I think it can get to a billion and a half. I think it can. I, I think it's plausible. It's 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 a I, I, it's not a no brainer, but I think it's something that you you shouldn't scoff at because I think people are excited for this movie. You're gonna get people that have been looking forward to this movie. It outsold any animated film in 24 hours on Adam's fan, on Adam's tickets. Fandango, especially, it, it was the highest grossing animated seller in its first week of pre-sale tickets, but which doesn't tell the whole story, but gives a good indication of what could be possible. For its opening weekend, I think people have been saving up money to go see this movie. So I think we're going to for a big weekend. Right now, box office projections have it at around $100 million, which again, some people might be saying, well, shouldn't it be maybe a little higher? But I think especially with Disney and box office prognosticators, people, again, could be saying people might be waiting for this movie, maybe to see it this weekend, or they'll be seeing it in the next the next weekend when it comes to Thanksgiving Day weekend. So I think families will either be saving up for the opening weekend or for Thanksgiving Day weekend, which it's still going to be a huge win for Frozen 2. Um, I'm, I'm excited about this film. I think it's going to be, again, a, a big hit. I've been looking forward to it from all the reviews I've been hearing. It's going to be emotional. And with Disney, I expect nothing less. You have really the entire team coming back for this one. Will it be the big cultural phenomenon that it was the first one? I don't think so because there's expectations around this one. There wasn't any expectations coming out of the first Frozen. There's expectations coming into this one now. So I think matching that is asking a little much for it. But if it can live up to it or just if it comes a little below it, that's still good for a sequel to do. And so, But I think one point over a billion dollars hit without a doubt. Can it get to one and a half billion dollars? I think that is the big question coming out of Frozen 2. Then what's matched up against it, it's it's a beautiful combination, really. And, and it's, a, it's a genre-filled weekend between animated adventure film. Then you have a a drama, feel-good drama. Then you have an action film. The drama is, of course, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which is about Fred Rogers. Not really a biopic about Fred Rogers. Kind of more along the lines of a Saving Mr. Banks, if you've seen that movie, really detailing lives in Peel Travers and Walt Disney, which was played by Tom Hanks. And doesn't really tell a biopic about all these different people. But with Fred Rogers, Tom Hanks, like he played as Walt Disney, will be more of a supporting character. And it stars Tom Hanks and Matthew Reese, who is playing a journalist who has kind of had some downwind and is somebody who is dealing with kind of something in his life. And he goes to do a a, 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 care, a piece on Mr. Rogers. And Mr. Rogers helps him through things and tries to see make him see things better and live a better life and for me from what i've heard this is a great film it seems like it's going to be an academy award contender for potentially best picture it seems like hopefully tom hanks is a one of the locks to come out of at least a nomination for best supporting actor the direction it seems like it's getting very well known consideration for for merrily heller and it's gotten 97 percent on tomatoes with the critic consensus being much like the beloved tv personality that inspired it a beautiful day in the neighborhood offers a powerfully affecting message about acceptance and understanding and even just the trailers themselves have had me tearing up it seems like it'll affect me tom hanks was is, is was the perfect pitch perfect casting to play mr rogers so i'm really excited to see this movie it's 
one, all three of these movies I think I'm going to be seeing opening weekend, with the third one being 21 Bridges, which I have been waiting to see since I first saw the trailer in April when I first saw Avengers Endgame in theaters. I've been waiting for this movie for a long time. It's being distributed and produced by STX Films, which had the big hit of Hustlers in in the early part of the fall season in September. They were waiting for that film to see if it would turn a big a, a big profit, which it's turned a, a, a big profit for a movie like that and a lot more, gaining cr uh, critical acclaim for Jennifer Lopez's turn and critical acclaim overall for the movie. And they were hoping if that one did well, they've been delaying 21 Bridges because... They didn't have a lot of money to back that film up in case it flopped, so they pushed it from September. It was supposed to come out in April, in August, and it was pushed to September, and then it was pushed to November 22nd, which there's no push date now. It has been screened for people to see. It's coming out tomorrow night in previews and officially opening day on Friday. And I've been I love Chadwick Boseman. This just seems like a cool cat and mouse New York City action thriller. I'm excited about it. I love seeing Chadwick Boseman in these action fan in these action films in which he's just a badass cop. And then it has Sienna Miller, Stefan James, who I loved in If Beale Street Could Talk, Taylor Kiss uh, Kistich from Friday Night Lights is in it, and of course you have J.K. Simmons playing a, a detective and one of the chief of police. He has a great New York City voice. Unfortunately, it has a 48% Rotten Tomatoes, but I'm not really that surprised by it. I think this is just going to be if I'm I'm just going to go in with the mindset of just looking for a fun time if it tells me a, a really cool story and just gives me awesome action with Chadwick Boseman chasing after criminals. I will love it. So I'm excited about 21 Bridges and really all these films coming out. I think the next few weeks in the Cineplexes other than the first week of December are all going to have great films coming out in the long stretch between next week with Knives Out and then you have Queen and Swim excuse me Queen and Slim as well then of course on December 13th we have Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle and then of course another big one with Star Wars Rise of Skywalker and Cats if you're excited about that film as well so it, it, it's a great time at the movies right now as we're gearing up towards the last month and a half really of 2019 where Sometimes, in oh, years past, it used to be not quiet, but not as big as this year really is going to end on a high note between this and Jumanji and The Rise of Skywalker. It's going to be one heck of a finish to 2019. But guys, which film are you excited about from my weekend preview? Is it all these films, Frozen 2, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and Tony Rowan Bridges? Let me know down below in the comment section of which one is your favorite. But guys, that's going to be it for this edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition. Be sure to check out my channel for more content. You can check me out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, SoundCloud, and so much more. Also, make sure to tune in onto the Ambiguous Network, and also be sure to check out the other amazing shows that are on the site, such as You Mad Bro, the number one source to see what the internet is pissed off about on a weekly basis, and check out Goal Driven Professionals, geared toward improving client relations, return on investment, customer acquisition costs for independent businesses and services. You can check them out on their websites, ambiguousproduction.com, also on Facebook and Twitter, at Real Ambiguous. Also, make sure to follow me on social media, at Basel Samuel, that's B-U-S-S-E-L-L-S-A-M-U-E-L, and on Facebook, at Sam Basel. Thank you guys again so much, and until next time, keep on screening.